Hello and welcome to this Head Talks podcast. I'm Terry Stiastny and I've been speaking to Sir Ian Cheshire. He's held many senior posts in the retail, financial and government worlds and has also taken a leading role working with charities concerned with mental health. He spoke to me from his home on the Isle of Wight, where he's been spending the lockdown. What was it that first made you realise the importance of mental health in the workplace on sort of a, a personal and a corporate level, if you like? Well, I suppose I started to be interested in mental health generally, really as a result of a couple of family experiences, including my mother-in-law, one of my sons, and was taken aback by how difficult it was to find uh, what to do for the mental equivalent of a sort of broken wrist or a leg, and you know, not sort of massive schizophrenia, but, but depression, and started to research and get interested in it. That led me to get involved with Heads Together, the campaign that was set up by the Royal Foundation of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. And that then led me to look more specifically at mental health at work, which is a topic that we had sort of briefly encountered, but not not really looked at. And it was as a result of Heads Together that we launched the Mental Health at Work uh, website. And that's been really the focus ever since. And I suppose I'm now increasingly focused on just the workplace uh, mental health. What do you think the main challenges are within the workplace? I mean, it was striking there that you talked about people not knowing what to do in the case of a sudden mental health crisis or emergency. How much more do you think people have come to learn recently about the importance of helping colleagues uh, who might have mental health problems? Yeah, I think this is um, something which actually the pandemic has completely changed the the backdrop here. And people really are interested and concerned for people's um, well-being to a level I think that you know they might have had done before, but they're much more aware of it now. I think there are sort of typically three main issues with mental health at work. Um, firstly, it's a cultural stigma um, question, which is that until relatively recently, I think people felt it was too difficult to talk about this. And certainly businesses felt uncomfortable not knowing whether they were part of the problem or part of the solution. So getting the conversation normalized is the sort of first key bit. Second bit is to provide some real resources. And now the portals that have been available, we've seen and used in the pandemic, certainly at Barclays and BT, have been extraordinary in terms of the amount of support and downloads that have have come from them. So actually getting practical help uh, electronically now is much more feasible, but probably a bit more to do. But the third, and I think particularly the workplace challenge, is to give training to managers so that they're confident about dealing with this and that they a lot of them, in my experience, are very nervous of saying and doing the wrong thing, making it worse, or perhaps not not getting it right. So giving particularly middle management the confidence and the tools and the training to approach this topic as part of everyday work life um, is, is, I think, the, the final crucial element. And how important is it as a leader to start that conversation and to make sure that there is awareness within a company about the importance of these issues because as you say many people don't want to do the wrong thing they don't want to make a problem worse and they might not be sure how to go about it absolutely right well look I think first off this is very hard as a given it is a cultural change that we're talking about it's very hard to do if you don't have senior level support so it is vital that the leaders at the very top are sponsoring this and being seen to engage and give it resource 
but actually it's a leadership challenge all the way up and down an organization so it's leader leadership at all levels and i think signposting to people that they can get the training they can get the support so they've got the confidence to then approach these issues uh, and open up on you know difficult topics like how does our performance management system you know impact people is that good or bad or what else could we do so I think it's it, it is tone. There's a lot of tone from the top, which is vital, but it's also a, a leadership challenge all the way down. You were talking about the extra challenges that lockdown and the pandemic brings. Is it harder to monitor people's well-being when a lot of people are working from home? You're not in the office. You might not realise that a colleague is struggling because you're not seeing them every day. That's a terrific point, and I think it's a real concern for people now in this distributed hybrid working way that you don't get enough um, actual sort of face time with people to, to be able to have proper conversations and I think um, what's interesting is potentially now you're going to see more reliance on software and technology and, uh, and using uh, monitoring software in the nicest possible way to sort of get people to check in so that they can just quietly admit if they're not having a great day without it being difficult but I think that's one of the areas of real concern at the moment in the pandemic is that people are actually suffering more than they're letting on and we we need to positively reach out to them rather than assume they'll just say I'm fine. Do you think there's also a difficulty in that with many people working from home some people might say that the work-life balance is better because there's less of a commute there's less of those kind of pressures but on the other hand there is less of a distinction between what is your work life and what is your home life how can you juggle that yes i think we're we're seeing this emerge as a, a very big challenge I and mean, i have to say i know some colleagues who one described it rather wonderfully who she said well i'm a introvert and I've got a two-hour train commute so this lockdown is utterly brilliant and I'd like to carry on like that. Others who are in shared houses maybe with not great internet connections and not a lot of social life who are desperate to get back into the office so I think this is a case-by-case experience it's not a sort of equal thing and I I think there is a real challenge that people feel that they have to sort of work virtually 24-7 because they're available here and that they, they can and I've found myself even getting to the point of making sure I'm scheduling breaks and making sure I'm getting out to walk the dogs, because otherwise you can just remain chained to the screen for the entire day. And uh, that's equally not very good for you. And how much is it down to managers to tell people those kinds of things that you said? No, you need yeah. to go and walk your dog. No, you need to do some exercise. Yeah, I think it's really important that managers have said, you know, A, modeling behavior and B, making it clear that they expect people to take breaks, they expect to have you know, um, proper sort of balance in, in their in their home home life work balance, but um, but that they positively engage with that and check in with people to make sure they're doing it because, you know, we don't have our normal lines of communication that we would if we're all in an office together. Because of course, I imagine that many people are are actually worried for their job, whether that's a realistic worry or not, and so they might feel even more pressure to be present online in a way that they might not in normal times. Yeah, I think the crisis and the degree of threat and job insecurity um, is another dimension to this crisis, which which might force people to be more, uh, if you like, presenteeism on online is is sort of part of showing up. Uh, I think that that's something I, I think is a real shame, and I'd hope that teams can sort of judge that the contribution is in the outcomes, not not so much the sort of the inputs. Um, but it is something I think managers need to be very conscious of. And how far do you think 
the culture has changed. Obviously, these this year is a particularly unusual year, but in, in normal times, compared, say, with what your working life was like when you started work, how much do you think things have, have really changed? I think we've seen a complete transformation, to be honest. Obviously, we're not, we're not sort of the finished article. I don't think that the um, workplace mental health agenda is sort of done and dusted. But if I think back sort of 15, 20 years ago to conversations that no one would have had and, and no one was, was willing to, to then seeing things like Heads Together and um, David Cameron inviting um, you know 20 major CEOs into number 10 to discuss workplace mental health, uh, workplace mental health. And I think the willingness now for, for major figures to talk about the reality of health being, you know, as critical mental health being as critical as, as physical health, it has genuinely changed. Um, so I, I'm, you know, it's a, occasionally important to look back down, see how far we've come, as opposed to look up the mountain the whole time. And I think there has been great progress, but still a lot to do. What would you like to see still happen? What are the changes that still need to come? The two main issues that I see now is is about service provision. So it's great that we've got people talking. It's great that we've normalised the conversation. But we need a lot more, um, I think, resources and help if you look at the amount of budget that goes towards mental health support. And secondly, I would also think we have to positively think about you know, mental well-being. It is the, you know, the key thing that we have as human beings. And to sort of think about you know, the same way we would keep physically fit by exercising, what can we do to be positively well, as opposed to just frame this debate in terms of when, when people have a crisis. So those are the two areas I would I would um, like to see some you know, further development. So can I ask, when you're taking your own advice, you say that you're obviously <laughs> uh, working from the Isle of Wight at the moment during lockdown. Uh, you have the dogs. What what do you do if you feel that the pressure is getting to you? What are your go-to techniques or or things that you really enjoy? Well, there's three things I've found. I mean, one of which is you know step away from the screen. Actually, it's it's always easy to hang on for another few minutes or and that becomes a few hours actually get away from the screen is is quite a big thing um i think building in physical activity and um we're lucky enough to have a sort of you know exercise machine here and and a beach on which we can walk a dog um so i'm very conscious of keeping the physical exercise up and the final thing is is programming breaks so that i'm i'm not finding myself back to back from sort of eight at eight in the morning till seven at night because I think that's that cumulative effect of screen time at the moment is, is, is one of the hardest things to manage. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for talking to us. Sir Ian Cheshire. You can find more resources for business at mentalhealthatwork.org.uk. Thanks for listening to this Head Talks podcast. We hope you found it helpful and interesting. You can find many more talks on our website at headtalks.com or listen to our podcasts on all the usual channels.